0: Hello and welcome back to the Ethnos New Brunswick podcast. As we continue on the path toward holistic transformation here in Highland Park and New Brunswick, we're starting a new series on the topic of rest with speaker Yukon Chu leading the conversation today. Welcome to Ethnos. Uh, If you came in after the initial welcome, my name is Yukon. I'm one of the leaders here. And here at Ethnos, like we mentioned at the beginning, we uh, try to create the space every Sunday for us to reflect on and engage with our spiritual journey as a community. Uh, We think that as we look to be a part of the city of New Brunswick and as we're involved in the holistic transformation that happens in our city, we think this area of spirituality is crucial to the transformation process, and more specifically, we think the teachings of Jesus specifically are unique as well and crucial to the process. We realize, of course, that many of us come from different places here in this room, and we have different versions of spirituality. We look f- to different sources for guidance and truth, and that's totally fine. We think here at Athos, Jesus is unique, and so we're going to spend uh, the rest of our morning here looking at some of his teachings and scriptures, okay? And As some of you may know, because of a kind of new season getting started, we're starting a new conversation discussion series here on Sundays for the next uh, month or so. It's a series specifically on rest, okay? Some of you heard about this uh, through our social media and you're here because we're talking about this. I am glad we are talking about this because I think this is a subject many of us in our city need desperately to reflect on. And so let's get started as we usually do here at Athmos with a conversation starter around our tables. Why don't you turn to your neighbors and for the next minute or two, talk about this question just to help us get ready for this discussion together. Ask each other, do you feel rested in your everyday weekly life right now? Why or why not? Two minutes, turn to your neighbors, (laughs) let's get going all right let's uh let's talk about this together here this morning i'm curious uh, i'm curious what kind of conversations we're having around our table what Who wants to share with uh, the larger group here, you know, what are you processing at your tables? Who feels rested and why? Who wants to take a stab and get us started? All right. Yeah, let's get started. Hey.
1: Yeah. um, My name is Milton. And uh, I feel well rested because at the end of the day, I'm very exhausted. So (laughs) when I go to sleep, you
0: know, I'm knocked out. I guess that's a good way to look at it. Yeah, yeah, okay, let's give Milton a hand. All right, thanks, Milton, for getting us started. I like the way you put that, I like the way you think. Who else, who else wants to share, do you feel rested in this kind of season of your life and why or why not? Anybody, yeah, okay. Let's give it up for the high schoolers. High schoolers, what's that? represent.
2: Hi, I'm Anna, and I just started my senior year of high school. Thanks. So I was really well rested during the summer. <laughs> and then a week before school started, I had to read Great Expectations, an 18-page calculus packet, and write an essay. And then I started school. So, and I also go to school really far away, so I wake up at like 5.50. So the short answer is no. <laughs> and yeah, so you would think that senior year was like chill, but it's like not, <laughs> it's not.
0: Let's give it up for Anna, all right? Anna, I hate to break it to you. The rest of us who maybe are past the high school age group, it doesn't get easier. It doesn't (laughs) get better, I'm sorry. Really sorry about that. Okay, yeah. (laughs) Who else, who else wants to get us going? Yeah, over here and then over here. All right, all right, yeah.
1: Hey everyone, my name's Christine Sandoval and it does get better so I offer a different opinion. Um, I am super deliberate and intentional about my morning routines, which includes a lot of restful events. And I get seven to eight hours every night. So, and I'm not in high school. I work full time. I own a coffee shop. It can get better.
0: Let's get it over, Christine. You're right. You're right. I'm s- thank you. Thank you for correcting us. Thank you. Yeah. Let's bring it over here. Yeah.
2: Um, unlike Christine, <laughs> um, I um, I'm struggling right now because I am like working part time on top of being a student, um, and that's hard. But I also find myself like falling down YouTube rabbit holes and watching Netflix in my free time, and that's not that's distracting. It's not like a life giving restful activity.
0: Thanks for sharing that. Let's give it up for Carrie. How many of us can kind of relate with the YouTube rabbit hole that Carrie has mentioned? Yeah, yeah, okay, uh, yeah. Some of us are not raising our hands, but we know you, we see you. Okay. Um, you know, it's it's really interesting as we think about this topic of rest, and as we we're gonna spend about four weeks thinking about rest, and then at the end of our series. Uh, Because of our partnership with the School of Social Work here, uh, Rutgers School of Social Work, we're going to have Professor Jim Hark come and talk about anxiety and rest. We're going to have a great conversation in this series. But you know what? what's fascinating about this thing about rest is that so much of it, I think, happens here in the mind. Here in the mind. Why do I say this? Well, I've been reading a book recently uh, by a psychiatrist named Dr. Jennings, and he, he, uh, he has this belief, uh, and, and it's backed up by a number of studies uh, in the field, that what we believe truly affects our physical lives, our spiritual lives, our emotional lives, lives in general. And, and as I was reading this book, he kind of tells a story that's really fascinating. It's a, it's a story that's actually documented in the Southern Medical Journal, and he talks about this case in the 1970s, where a gentleman named San Schumann was diagnosed with liver cancer. And let me just read the excerpt from the book. He was diagnosed with liver cancer and and was told he had only months to live. A few months after this diagnosis, he died. However, the autopsy revealed that the doctors were wrong. He had only one small tumor still contained within the liver, not a life-threatening stage of cancer. And so the author says this, Sam Schumann did not die from liver cancer. He died from believing he was dying of liver cancer. And then he says this, our beliefs change us mentally, physically, and spiritually. And I think this is such an important thing to reflect on because here's the deal. As a pastor and a spiritual guide and those sorts of things, I've, I've done this for about 16 years. And, and often when we talk about something like rest, one of the immediate things that people tell me as we process is that I don't have time to rest. I don't have time to rest. My life, the, my lifestyle, the responsibilities, I just don't have time to rest. And on one hand, I can sort of understand and I think we can all kind of understand that. I mean, some of us feel like we're in just in, in, in between a rock and a hard place, right? I mean, we have bills to pay, mouths to feed. Uh, some of us, because of our um, immigration status and our family history. I mean, it is tough. And yet, at the same time, I think it's a belief issue it starts here in the mind. I don't, I think many of us actually can rest. We just have to start believing that we can find it. The second thing that strikes me, of course, is as many of us have perhaps tried to rest, and I thank you, Carrie, for your your sharing with us. Many of us, when we go to rest, we actually don't feel like we actually rest, right? You've had a day off of work or time away from somebody else that you needed a break from and those kind of things. And, and at the end of the day, you maybe ceased working, but you actually didn't feel restored. Right? There's a de- difference between rest and restoration. And so in those moments, we wonder, like, what's wrong with this? Maybe rest isn't what it's cut out to be. Again, I think the issue actually begins here. And so I'm excited for this discussion that we're going to have, not just today, but throughout this month, because I think in the teachings of Jesus and in the scriptures that Jesus believed in, I think we have a treasure trove of great guidance and understanding into this issue of rest and how we can actually find rest. Today, we're going to, Take a look at the very first scriptures that Jesus believed in, and we're going to look at some of the basic ideas of rest laid out in those scriptures. This will be somewhat simple, but I believe it's foundational, it's profound. Some of you maybe have heard of these scriptures, others of you have not. That's great. Regardless of where we come from, regardless of even if we believe in Jesus or not, I think there will be some powerful powerful things here for us today and so let's take a look at the scriptures we have today and um, they're on the handouts on your on your table here as we take a look at the first few scriptures um, the main idea in the first few scriptures is this and you can take a look on your screens here um, because this is pretty key Uh, can we get to the screens the first idea that we'll see is this that rest is actually built in to how we were meant to be and function as human beings Rest is, to put it differently, is intrinsic to how we were made. It is an essential part of how, how we're created, how we're made. And so to not rest is to miss out on how we were meant to be. Let's take a look at the initial scriptures from Jesus. This first excerpt comes from the very first book in the scriptures of Jesus called Genesis. And it's talking about the creation of the world. Now, some of you... Especially from science backgrounds, might be thinking, "Oh my goodness, are we gonna, you know, jump into some mythical like discussion right now?" We we don't believe here at Ethnos uh, that this is mythology. We think there's some great insight into this creation narrative that's given us. We, we don't think this is like a literal seven-day creation discussion or anything like that. If you're interested, you can go online on our website. We have more info about what we think about science and faith and all those things. But, but here, let, let's just take the principle, okay? Let's take a look. What we discover is that in the creation story given us, that on the seventh day of this week, so to speak, God in his created, creative genius rests. In fact, he creates the world to rest on that day. Notice what it says in the first excerpt. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. Because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. We see clearly here that God rests, right? But when it says here in the text that God makes that day holy, the word holy means set apart. And so God in his creative genius says that, okay, I'm going to create the world in such a way that on the seventh day, on the end of a work week, that day is going to be set apart in a special way for rest. And so indeed, as people in ancient times were beginning to follow God, This idea was emphasized in some of the commandments God gave these early followers of God. Uh, Some of you are familiar with something called the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments were given to a group of Near Eastern people some thousands of years ago to understand how to follow God. And notice what one of the Ten Commandments is. And this is the second excerpt. It says this. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. There's that word again. Set apart. Six days you shall labor and do your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor foreigners residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. The basic idea is that, again, because God rested, we're supposed to rest. Now, let's just think about this really quick. Think about this big idea. Again, for some of us here today, in our beliefs, in our minds, we do not believe we can rest. There are different reasons why we believe that. Perhaps, again, there are pressures we face. But some of, some of those things underneath that belief include unhealthy, unhealthy beliefs. For example... We believe our, our worth and significance maybe is tied in with a sort of promotion track or sort of uh, securing our family well-being. We have identity and values tied in in a way that is actually unhealthy, right? And so there, there's some things wrong with that. But, but here's the question. Do we actually think it's actually essential that we rest? That we actually were created to rest? It's kind of like this. You know, let's, let's pretend... And, And I know this isn't a perfect analogy, but just kind of do this with me. Let's pretend you had two perfectly functioning legs, okay? I realize not all of us do, but let's just pretend that you had two perfectly functioning legs, and you operated in your life only using one of your legs the whole time, even though you had two. It'd be a little absurd, wouldn't it be? It'd be a little silly. It'd be really limiting. You're created with two. Why are you just using one? That's the idea with rest. You were created to rest. Why aren't you resting? You're limiting yourself, actually. You're not living your full potential. And so work or rest is essential. It's part of how we are made. Do we believe that up here today? Now, the second thing, as we think about some of these basics, is that, and this goes into uh, more of like, well, what do we do when we rest? How do we define rest anyway? Okay? Again, we have four weeks to process this together. But as we take a look again at these early scriptures of Jesus, we begin to realize that rest is not just ceasing from work. Even though we just read some of that, rest isn't just stopping, you know, working. Rest also includes remembering a God who is there and specifically how God rescues us every day. Why do I say this? Well, take a look at how these scriptures develop, okay? So remember, we're looking at the very early scriptures of Jesus. The first one is in Genesis. Uh, We noted how the first followers of God In the Ten Commandments, we're told, yeah, remember the creation thing? You're supposed to rest, so rest, right? Like God rested, you rest. But notice what happens in this third excerpt. This third excerpt, uh, some of you may know this, um, comes about 40 years after the second excerpt. What happens is, some of you, again, may know this, the Ten Commandments were actually told twice to the early followers of God. Uh, So they're recorded twice in the Scriptures of Jesus. The second time it's recorded is 40 years later after the first one, and it's recorded again or told again because a generation of people had lived and died, and so uh, God needs to remind them of the 10 commandments, so it's, it's said again, but notice in the second telling of the 10 commandments, the slight change, okay, notice the slight change. Do a compare and contrast. Those of you who started school, God bless you again. We're sorry about that. No, we're we're happy. We're happy that you're getting educated. Please get educated. We need more educated people. Uh, But yeah, uh, notice, you you can do practice your literature skills, right? Compare and contrast. Uh, Notice, let's read through the second paragraph, and you can take your pens out and, and notice the similarities and differences. Check it out. Observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Okay, same thing. As the Lord your God has commanded you, six days you should labor and do your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. So far, so good. It's the same. On it, you shall not do any work, neither you, nor your son, nor daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your ox, nor your donkey, and any of your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns, so that your male and female servants may rest as you do. And then check this out. This is where it becomes different. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt, and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand, and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. It's interesting, isn't it? That the second telling of the same idea decides to emphasize not just like, oh yeah, you're connected to a God who rests, so rest. No, no. The The second telling says, don't forget you were once oppressed. You were once slaves. You were once controlled by something else, and now because of God's work in your life, you are not controlled by something else. You are a free person. Now, the crazy thing, of course, is this story, and this, is, this was written some 3,000 years ago, 2,500 to 3,000 years ago. Jesus comes a little bit later. The crazy thing, is, of course, is when Jesus comes into our world 2,000 years, years ago, he continues the same idea. In fact, he uh, he says that I'm here to actually deliver you from the greatest oppression that we face, the greatest sort of slavery that we face. It's not to political rulers or to empires that come and go. It's actually to the evil behind it all, this thing called sin, and I'm here to deliver humanity from that oppressive force. You and I know this even if we're not religious, when we do what we don't want to do or don't do what we actually want to do? Why is it that we don't do the good that we want to do but do the evil that we don't want to? What happens? Jesus says that thing, that that force that we can't quite pinpoint, that's actually called sin. And I've come to free people from that. Now here's the deal, it's interesting again, right, that this is tied to rest. This is tied to rest. So how does this work? I mean, how do we put these things together? I think it kind of goes like this. When we have a moment of silence or stillness, when we have uh, a moment where we, quote unquote, rest because we're not working, what tends to happen in our minds, right? We, it tends to drift. We got the YouTube rabbit hole. We got this. We got that. We got anxieties, worries. And typically, our minds aren't focused. For some of us, they're focused. And may, but maybe they're not focused on something that's restorative. I think what God is inviting us to, Jesus is inviting us to, is like, you know what? Here's a way for your mind to focus so that restoration can begin to happen. What if you, one time a week, took a break and reflected, doesn't have to be very long, but reflected on how I have been trying to reach out to you and deliver you and save you and free you from all the oppressive things, oppressive voices, things that want to control you in your life. What if you took a moment every week to realize that, oh my goodness, that's not right. That voice isn't good. I shouldn't give myself over to that. And you said, and, and you recognize in the midst of that reflection that, Wait, God has been there all along trying to save me, trying to rescue me, trying to help me. What would happen to our lives if we did that practically? More than that, what if we actually experienced that sort of saving, that sort of God actually getting into our lives and getting us out of things? How would your life be different? You know, I was uh, exposed to this idea of rest from the scriptures of Jesus when I was 19. Okay, so a while ago. And um, I'm in my 40s now. So this is 20 plus years ago. And uh, I remember... The, the moment it happened. And the reason it happened is because I was 19, and like some of you young people here, I was a really busy guy at 19. I liked to do a lot of things. I was pretty social, this, that, and other. And I remember an older, wiser person just looking at my life, and he's saying, hey, you know what? You should read this book. And so he gave me a book, and I was like, okay, that sounds good. And in this book, at the age of 19, I got b- exposed to some of the things I've just shared with you now. And so I began to practice, find, find practical ways to practice this. And I got to tell you, this idea of resting in this sort of way is something I've been doing for 20 plus years now. And I think it is one of the two or three things that has literally saved my life. Saved my life from burnout, saved my life from making terrible decisions, saved my life from being associated with the wrong people, saved my life from going in the wrong direction in life. This is something embedded in the scriptures of Jesus I think Jesus is wanting to give us so we can begin to experience true rest. And so I want to give you a challenge here this morning. I want to just lay things out really practically, okay? If this is all true, if this is something that, you know, is a good idea from our our great spiritual guide, Jesus, practically what can we do? And let me just throw out three suggestions for us, okay? And you can kind of see it already in the excerpts. Number one, I want to encourage us to find one to two hours in our weeks where we don't do anything. Like, we don't check email, we don't respond to texts, we obviously don't go to work if we work, we don't do our homework, like, where you are just by yourself with nothing else, okay? Don't even, like, keep the iPad, the phone, you know, the, the YouTube rabbit hole. Oh, my goodness, that is such a, ah, so powerful. So keep that away. Two hours, don't do anything one to two hours one time a week just find 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 this time and then what i want to do what i want you to do is reflect on the last six days during that time okay think about what happened in the last six days and then ask yourself the simple question how was jesus working to free me like how was he trying to come into my life and free me from the oppressive voices the demanding people the pressures of family and money? How was he actually trying to communicate to me about those things and say, don't worry, I'm here. You don't have to give in to that. How was he trying to do that? And just, let's report back next week. Let's, let's try this in, this in this month, can we? And see how we might be different as a people. I've been doing a lot of talking. Uh, why don't you turn back to your neighbors and just process some of what we've talked about, some of what we read. Do you agree with this idea, these ideas? Do you disagree? What do you think is good for you personally? Two minutes, turn to your neighbors. Let's process some more. All right, so um, I'd love to hear from us here, what, did, what are we processing? What are some things maybe you agree with that really you think are good, man, that hit me? Some things you perhaps disagree with, that's totally fine, you can kind of air your disagreements with this. Yeah, who wants to get us started? What are we, what are we processing here at our table? Okay, we're going to head up over there, yeah. Hello, Glorianne, hey, hey.
2: So we have a three-year-old, um, and if you've ever tried to put a toddler to bed, right, that's they don't want to go. Um, and so we decided, we adopted this phraseology with him that we say sleep is a gift. Um, and it's a gift from God because God loves us. And we see that and we try to help him do this and think through this. And we even talk about it with him that like we don't want him to sacrifice sleep to the gods of distraction or productivity or FOMO. He has super FOMO for a three-year-old um, <laughs> and stuff like that. And so we're really good about protecting his sleep and protecting his rest and trying to give him good thought processes so that he thinks sleep's good and not a punishment um, and not like I'm something I'm missing out on. And we need to do more of that ourselves. (laughs) Right, we put him to bed and we're like, finally me time, why is it midnight and I'm tired? So, yeah. (laughs)
0: Let's give it up for Glow. thank you. Thanks for processing that, yeah. For those of us who aren't in in uh, Twitter world or you know, Instagram world, FOMO is fear of missing out. Just in case people are wondering, yeah, you're <laughs> like, oh, thank you, thank you for helping us. FOMO, yeah, fear of missing out. What else? What else are we processing here? Agreement, disagreement, things that are hitting you. Yeah.
1: So I would say rest has de- definitely helped me. Uh, there have been times when. Um, I was thinking of doing, of making a big decision, like uh, I might have to change my career or I might have to uh, move to a different apartment or I might have to have a difficult conversation with a family member. And then I I took a nap and then I woke up and I felt good. I didn't didn't have to do those things. So uh, that, that nap was really powerful.
0: Let's give it up for Jose. Yeah, thanks for being practical. Yeah, you know, some, no, there there are, there are physiological things tied in with sleep, right? Like, like again, the the, the psychiatrists, we read from there, and, and we're going to explore this more in our series. How does our physical rest actually affect our spiritual, emotional, relational, all those things? So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. What else? What else are we processing? Yeah.
2: Bear with me. I know the mic will help here a little. But um, I think, uh, for me, a lot of this, like, the rest thing is hard because I'm afraid to be alone in my own head. Like... And I think a lot of us keep busy and go, 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 so we don't actually have to stop and think about the things that are like not maybe, the, the, I, I think of them as the dark places in my mind, but like, and so I avoid rest a lot of times. And I think that's where the rabbit hole comes into. Like I'll go on Instagram and I can scroll that for an hour. And I'm not actually, like, facing anything that's in my head. But then I'm constantly tired emotionally and mentally because I think a lot of the stuff that needs to get processed and getting processed.
0: Yeah. Let's give it up. Yeah, that's <laughs> good. Spot on. Spot on. <laughs> yeah. And I think what you shared, right, ties in with this, this big, I- one of the big ideas we've been saying today, that it's actually all here, right? And so how do we begin this process? Of of getting what's in here cleared up. Again, I hope I hope I hope today's idea that we need to realize that oh yeah, God is he's actually trying to reach out to us and actually save us from some of those perhaps quote unquote dark spaces in our minds. Yeah, so we're gonna process that some more. But thank you for opening that can of worms for us. That's really good. And what else? What else are we processing? Yeah, we're gonna go back there and then we're gonna come up here. Okay, yeah, to the upper deck. Who raised their hand? I just saw somebody wave. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah.
2: So for me, I find like a change of scenery can help give me rest. Even when I'm trying to get a task done, I have to go work in a different place. But I I think, um, you know, God put us in a garden for a reason. So I really think he uses nature. And it's, for me, like it it says in Proverbs and Psalms all the time to think about this animal or something that – God has created, and it's a way to get outside of my own head and a change of scenery.
0: That's good. Thanks, Carol. Let's give it up for Carol. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. And then last but not least, we'll give it up to Milton up here, and then uh, we'll start to land the ship here. Yeah.
1: So um, I agree completely with this because I'm a strong believer in – because I work a lot. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of people, like, binge-watch shows. Like, I binge work. Um, so, like, uh, I basically see it being healthy always to take a step back from what you're doing and taking a look at what you're actually doing, yeah. uh, seeing where you actually are. Because a lot of people, we stay focused on our goals so much that, you know, that's all that we see is the end goal, but we don't really see what process we're, we're actually taking to get there. Yeah. So um, I feel like it's really important.
0: Let's give it up for Milton. Thank you for that. Yeah, yeah. You know, again, we are just beginning the process of thinking about rest uh, for this series. And, and thank you so much for engaging because I think there is gonna be, there's going to be a lot for us. Uh, there's going to be a lot to discover that uh, involves some of the dilemmas and questions and ideas you've brought up. Thank you for the nature conversation, Carol. That's going to be a part of it. Uh, there are going to be issues of justice involved with rest as well. Did you notice some of the texts that we read, right? That that rest is not just for us, but it's for people who, if we're in an employer, employer position, those who work for us. And how does that work? I mean, there, there's so many layers that we're going to explore that I think will really encourage us and give us guidance. Um, but as we think about just today's uh, main points, uh, let me let me bring it back to a couple key to help us begin to transition into a time of prayer. Um, For those of you new here, what we do, uh, just to wrap up our time is we we enter into a time of prayer just so we can have a personal prayer so we can give space for perhaps God to continue to dig into our hearts and our minds about what's been brought up. Uh, In fact, I'm going to invite up the musicians to kind of help us with that prayer time. But as they come up, I want to just, again, think about the two main points we, we talked about here today. The first point, again, that that rest is actually intrinsic, built in to who we are as human beings. Again, think, of, think about the leg analogy. You were given two legs. When we don't rest, it's like we operate just with one. And so for some of us here today, we, we need to kind of wrestle with that truth. Maybe we've been avoiding rest for different reasons. Maybe we don't, again, we don't think, believe we can rest, but can I just say, no, you can rest. And number two, the reason why you can rest, again, it ties into our second point, that God has actually been all along trying to deliver us from the oppressive forces in our lives. And for some of us, we don't rest because of those oppressive voices, oppressive forces, people, situations? Do you believe that God is actually trying to reach into your life and free you from that? We've talked about how Jesus is key to that deliverance, that, you know, this text that we read, again, it's happened to God, the first people that followed God some 2,500 years ago. So in some ways it doesn't have relevance to us. But when Jesus comes, he says, no, there's a bigger force behind it all that I am here to deliver you from. And so for some of us here this morning, I want to challenge us. This could mean exploring who Jesus is. You come from a different faith background, different whatever. That's cool. We're glad you're here. Please keep coming and sharing with us your ideas. But perhaps this is an invitation for you to explore who Jesus is. Second of all, for some of us, this might be an invitation, again, to get in touch with how God, through Jesus, might be reaching out.